you are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 56. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, Yummy Mummies, I can't even get through the intro because guess who I have on the other line? My best friend, not my best friend from college. She is my best friend, soulmate, knows me better than I know myself. My husband has seen her boobs many times. (laughs) (laughs) Zoe Moss. Zoe, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Zoe, introduce yourself to us. Tell us who you are. My name is Zoe Moss. I live in Denver, Colorado. I have just globetrotted all over the place with Laura from North Carolina to California to Italy to a bunch of places in Europe that we probably can't even remember that we went to. And then now to Colorado. And I did the Yummy Mummy experience. Because so good. Wait, tell everybody how we met. We met in college, but like the tell them how, how do we bond? When I took your toothbrush and then ran away with it, I'll leave it at that. And then you just chased me and you've been just chasing me ever since. Just like you need to chase me to Colorado. Yep. I moved to Colorado for Zoe, you guys. (laughs) You guys remember about a couple of weeks ago, I told you that it was my best friend's birthday party. And we were going to be going on a party bus and hopefully there was going to be a stripper pole. There was not a stripper pole, but this is who I was talking about. You had suspenders, which acted just as well. I did. I had a suspender outfit. It was really cute. Okay. So like way back in the day when I was like first teaching yoga. So some of you guys don't know this. I was a yoga teacher for eight years in LA. And at the beginning of teaching yoga, I used to go to my yoga teacher's class, Kia Miller, who was amazing. And she's the best. So I'm in Kia's class. This is like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. A long time ago. And I remember Kia's best friend was in her yoga class. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. This is like when I was like learning to be a yoga teacher. Like, that's so cool. Our friends come to her yoga class. My friends are never going to come to my yoga class. Like I'm never going to be good enough as a teacher that they're going to want to come to my yoga class. And then Zoe came to my yoga class and it just like, Oh my God, it's like so humbling. And then four years ago, I'm at like a mastermind with my coaching community and my coach for Castillo has got her best friend, her Zoe on stage with her. And they're like totally riffing and teasing. And you could just tell. Yeah, they're vibing. (laughs) They're vibing and they're going back and forth. And I'm like, oh my God, I want me and Zoe to be like doing that. (laughs) I just never knew how it was going to work out. And then you guys, this is like literally like manifested this. Anyways, Zoe, my point is it was like such an honor and a blessing and a just like oh my God, this is so cool that my best friend like likes me and trusts me enough to come and like do the yummy mummy experience. So tell us about you in relationship to why you decided to do the yummy mummy experience. Why were you struggling? Why did you want to solve this? Just like, tell us the backstory, the before the yummy mummy experience. Well, tying into some of the things that you said, it's funny because I have a standout moment in my head that pertains to you as it relates to my weight, which is when we first moved to California, I was feeling really insecure. Well, to even back up even further, I was a pretty overweight kid and then went to college and like reverse freshman 15 and then was like getting like thinner 
in reverse order, like Benjamin Button over here of weight loss. But <laughs> then we went to California and I was feeling really insecure. I mean, obviously people understand how that city is. And basically you told me, I don't know if you can say any, like, it's not even really a cuss word anymore, but you were like, oh, so we can cuss. We can oh, you were like, yeah. basically stop bitching and like lose weight or just shut up about it. And I was like, yeah, actually she's right. Like shut up and do something, which was good for just like how you do one thing is how you do everything. I've really have taken that along the way. And I did lose weight during that time. And then since like over just a period of time, like found different things I love to do in terms of fitness and eating and got really into like different ways of nourishing myself. I'll say that worked out great for a while. And then I went ahead and fell in love with someone who's from the Midwest who loves pizza and is like kind of a beanpole. And when we moved in together, I sort of strayed from some of the ways that I have like historically eaten that have been like effective for my body. All that said, I was struggling over the last like year. I had gained more weight and was at a higher like weight as someone that never weighed themselves prior to this experience, often I could just felt yucky and my clothes weren't fitting properly. And I just felt heavy, like Mm. my my energy felt heavy. And I wasn't some of my old tips and tricks in terms of like, what were usually some tried and true ways Mm. to like, kind of get back to my baseline weren't working. What? Usually I could just have like some constraint, like, Oh, I'm not going to eat pizza like multiple days this week. Or I don't even know. Like I thought like, oh, I, like, I'm going to give up fried food. You would yeah, always give up fried tried food. for a year yeah. and that was fun, but I don't know. So just some of the things that I guess, I don't even know what those are anymore, to be honest, but it wasn't working. And so in, out of an abundance of just frustration and defeat, another friend of ours had done your program and had really good results. And so I basically I submitted to someone I trust to lead me on a path that they had led me down before, we'll say, mm. in a different way. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it because it's like, I must have said that to you way before I was a weight loss coach. You were working at Art and Realty. Oh. <laughs> we were at, I think, Cabo Cantina and you were just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, Zoe. Well, yeah. it's so, I mean, you don't have to want to lose weight. It's so empowering when you either decide to lose weight or decide not to lose weight instead of like waffling in between. I mean, I did that forever. It's like, do you want to do it or not? And it's like, just own one or the other because there's just, there's so much power in owning what it is you want and what you're willing to put on your priority list or you're willing to like commit to. You moved in with Marty and you started to gain some more weight. But prior to moving in with Marty, were you (laughs) blame it on Marty? Marty It was the perfect storm. Oh yeah. Marty and COVID. I know I have a beanpole of a husband, obviously. He pooped out two and a half pounds today. (laughs) I got him before and after weight loss. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, our sigos do not need the delicious daddy, which by the way, stay tuned for the delicious daddy, you guys. <laughs> that will be launching in 2022. No, I'm just kidding. The delicious daddy, you guys, seriously would be like a two-week program. I would be like, just come off sugar. And then all the daddies would lose weight in like literally 10 days and it would be like 32 pounds. They wouldn't do anything. It's like so annoying. Okay, so before you moved in with Marty though, you were kind of like dialed in? Were you like super happy with where you were at? 
I was pretty happy actually. I felt pretty good for the most part. Like there's definitely been times in my life that I like, I don't know. I used to run like 50 miles a week. I felt really good about my body. Sorry, it's pretty loud here. I felt pretty good about my body during that period of time, just like really strong. It was like really happy with my fitness levels. But one thing I'll say, like kind of tangenting off of that, like before I met Marty, I was happy with my weight. I was feeling good. One thing that's like been really eye-opening, not to like jump ahead to the good part, but having the like control over my food has been so impactful because now I don't feel like I have to work out as like, I guess if there was anything I was doing that was like a restrictive dietary thing, the constant need to work out as a way to like compensate for maybe eating too much or going overboard, like working out just because I like to work out has been a really nice change. And like, instead of like stressing and trying to micromanage the time I have in a day to include some type of workout has been a really awesome thing to just like let go of. Yeah. Okay. So you used to have to work out to like, I had a gym in my old apartment. And then when we moved in together, I didn't have a gym. And so it was just like, Mm. I became a little bit more sedentary and I was eating more. Mm. And like, I don't think that not working out, I can tell you for sure is not like the ultimate way to lose weight in my personal experience. But I do think that it probably helped just in terms of like the way I was spending my time. And like, if I was bored, I probably would go work out and not like pick up a snack or there was an exchange in habits that probably happened. Totally. So before the yummy mummy experience, it was almost like, I mean, maybe this is too strong of a word, but it was like, you felt like you had to work out or you wouldn't like balance the day out. Like you had to work out. Oh, it was like a compulsion. Like I feel guilty about one thing. I, the only way I can offset that is by doing this other thing. That's so interesting. So it was definitely a compulsion for me. I mean, you and I back in the day, oh my God, remember our fitness days? It's not enough to just play tennis. You have to run the whole time. Oh no, that was another thing. We used to have fitness days. So fitness days, we'll we'll tell you what fitness tennis is. And then we'll tell you what fitness days are. Fitness tennis. What's fitness tennis? You had to run the whole time. And if you didn't have the ball, you were like jogging in place or doing jumping jacks or something crazy. And like you had to just be firing on all cylinders that whole time. It's so stressful. And then fitness days, we would like wake up at like 8.30 on a Saturday and like go to yoga and then like oh run god. five miles. And I then- really forgot about that. Oh my yeah. god, remember when we won that quest competition? Because we were just, it was a fitness day and we were already ready. No, we had been training our whole lives. Yeah. I didn't even know. Because <laughs> we were just punishing ourselves. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it is like, I cannot tell you how many clients tell me that. Like, they're like, oh my God, I this is such an unexpected yes. benefit of like, I don't have this weight on my shoulders of like having to work out every single day. And instead, it's not only that they don't have the weight and you could speak to this too, but it's like, they also have the freedom to just love their workout without putting any pressure on the workout. It's just for fun. I just go for walks all the time because I so enjoy it. And I get to listen to my murder podcast and I don't have to think about anything. And like, if I had done that prior to like doing this and like losing weight for the last time, I would have like been mentally a little bit punishing myself for like not doing a hit workout or not going for a run, like something more quote unquote cardio versus like just being outside for the simple pleasure of being outside and like having some time alone and in nature, enjoying good weather with a podcast that's like a little bit morbid. 
<laughs> well, now you can fully enjoy it and be present instead of being like, okay, yeah, but this isn't really good enough. Or like, I remember like it was never enough, right? Like even right. like way back in the day, we would be going to those like Judy spin classes and then like oh doing cardio afterwards. Like I remember. Oh my God. That's so dumb. Okay. So tell us how much weight you lost. Tell us about like the facts. Okay. The facts you've got me into that. It can be like your actual, like the lowest number you've seen. So going by the lowest number, it would be 19 pounds. Oh my God. That's so fucking awesome. Zoe. It's so awesome. Especially because I'm not a very tall person. So that's pretty good. Yeah. That's really fucking good. Oh my God. Which is so exciting. Now my initial goal, so we can just like to make the number simple, I weighed like 150 and change actually when I weighed myself like midday, but I don't really like to do a midday weigh in. I still don't was like 157 or something. Yeah. Then the next day, like starting in the next morning, it was 150 and change. My goal was 138 initially. Okay. Which in hindsight was like a really like limited thought goal. I just like didn't have that much faith in, I don't know, myself to like lose the weight. If it was going to work, I just was unsure, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. This is working for other people. I don't know if it's going to work for me type feeling. Yeah, you and everybody else, literally yeah. everyone is like, I don't know. I'm the one special unicorn that yeah, like, I mean, Alicia's point, so Alicia's point, I know we all think we're unicorns that it's just not going to work. Yeah. And it's not true actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can be special for other reasons. Yeah, you are a special unicorn, Zoe. It just doesn't happen to be in terms of your ability to lose weight. (laughs) Right. So I initial one was 138 and then like 135, but then I like achieved that. Why do you think you were in disbelief? Like, why do you think that you were like, I can only do 12 pounds? That's that's it. I was crying over pizza when we had our consultation, which was... (laughs) A personal mental like low. I still think about that. I'm like, I cried over pizza. Now, mind you, I still eat pizza almost every single week. So like, it's not like, I think because your diet brain will tell you like, you're going to have to give up so much and it's going to be so hard. And all these things that you're sort of trained to believe on the onset of like starting a new quote unquote program of like this fixed amount of time and you have to achieve everything right in that window. I think like the ultimate breakthrough was the day that I realized like, oh my God, I can lose weight after my time in the yummy mummy, like actual meeting timeframe. And I can continue past that. Like I have the tools that I need to like continue on my path to achieve what I want, regardless of whether or not joining the meetings. It's totally, we're just trained to like, have it be like really white knuckly struggly and it doesn't necessarily need to feel like that. You think you thought like, oh, well, I could do 138 because I won't have to give up everything. But if I pick something like 133, then I'm going to have to give up. Then I'm just going to be like sipping on air as like I'm going to be on a yeah. diet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like I moved the goal, obviously, like I said, like after I was like, oh. Do you know what? Like, what's your goal right now? Like, are you, it sounds like you're still losing weight. So do you know what your goal is? Or are you just going to keep going until you kind of bottom out? That, I mean, in my mind, the goal is like, 
in the one twenties because mm-hmm. of how short I am and like what I feel like about my body. Like, yeah. So like areas like without being hypercritical, like I feel great. I just think that there's like, I don't, I just don't think I'm there yet. Yeah. Which is fine. And even like over the holidays, like I will just say for the record, I only gained a half a pound after staying inside in a house in Ohio for two days. And I ate things that made me, I don't know that I was like, Oh, this is like not on my normal protocol, but like, I know what I'm doing. I can make some adjustments here. That's the best thing is like, you're the one in control. Like you're the one deciding and like your results are up to you. And a half a pound is like, I mean, it's like literally nothing, but what I wanted to ask you, so let's say you're your goal right now is 125 to 130, just for like hypothetical purposes. Some people will be like, well, I've never weighed 125 before. Well, that's right. Go back, well, go back to that. That's a truth for me because I never had a scale until I moved to Colorado actually. So like there's times that I'm like looking back at pictures from like maybe 2015. I'm like, I wonder how much I weighed then. Like I look pretty good and like, I think I felt really good, but I also excuse me, have no idea. Like from an actual metric standpoint, like I have no idea what I weighed. I could guess that it's probably around what I weigh right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like some, there's like some different body composition. I was also seven years younger mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like doing different things. I also like when I waitress, I was standing up the whole day, which yeah. you can say whatever you want about that. I mean, I, some days I work at a standing desk. I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't know if that's fitness or not. So I don't really know what the lowest weight. I always think that whatever I'm at right now probably is the lowest, not positive, but it doesn't hurt to go with that. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, like some people are afraid to set a goal because they've never like seen that number. And so they like, do not believe that it's possible. For them. Totally. Well, yeah, I did feel like that. I think that we talked about that probably too, when I first like started the program, because I just don't even know. Like the last lowest weight when I had a scale that I saw was 141. Mm. And that was like two years ago. Mm. So I could only use that as a frame of reference of like the lowest weight that I've seen on a scale is 141. So why do you think you didn't have a scale or like didn't really weigh yourself? Like I'm just genuinely curious. I think it just felt pretty good. There's a time in like the progression of my life, like in my late, 20s, early 30s, that it was like actually my goals were a bit different. Like, I really did want to run my fastest half marathon. Yeah. And there were some other things that were like, I was really more focused on this, like, how do I feel? How are my clothes fitting? Which I think is a good barometer. Barometer, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't even know why I ended up buying a skill when I moved here. I'm not, I just have no idea. But yeah, it just was not really a huge priority. I probably also wasn't really that interested in like, I only knew of diet brainy things, which has never interested me. Totally. (laughs) I think there was like two days that maybe you and I, when I still, I, when I ate meat for like four years that I, we did like an Atkins, which is now keto. I love that they changed the name, but then we were playing tennis and I thought my heart was going to stop. And I was like, this is not for me. And then I went the whole opposite end of the spectrum from pepperoni and cheese roll-ups to vegan for a period of time. (laughs) Yeah. I was was with you on that whole entire journey. I'm like, maybe, maybe veganism will solve. I don't care about the animals, but if it'll make me skinny, then fuck. I'm in. Totally. I think it's interesting. is like the gluten-free just as a personal sidebar. I was like friends with somebody that was like really into like being gluten-free and 
he was like really talking it up. It was like the first, like it was, had just hit the scene. And I just remember, like, I actually gained, I could feel I had gained weight in it being gluten-free because I was eating all these things that I would not normally have eaten because it was so unsatiated. Like now in hindsight, knowing what I know, totally ramped up how much sugar I was taking in. Definitely. Because of like how many substitutions were, especially I think 10 years ago, eight years ago, like how many things were being subbed in and out of like something to make it gluten-free. Yeah. It's still like a bread or a, like a- I was like eating gluten-free cookies. Like why would I eat gluten-free cookies? I didn't even eat regular cookies. Well, it's basically like how keto is the new Atkins. It's like gluten-free is like the new fat-free. Yeah. It doesn't make you- Remember Snackwell's cookies? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the perfect example. Snackwell cookies do not make you thin or they do not get you to your nut. It's just more processed shit. So thinking back to when you were deciding whether or not to do the yummy mummy, why? When I was crying over pizza. Yeah. So back in like March when you were crying over, why were you crying? Because you knew you were going to give it, you thought you had to give it up or because you ate so much of it? The former, I just was like, really, even to this day, I had pizza as my joy eat last night. I'm here for pizza. Like, I mean, I like pizza too. I eat pizza. I I actually probably eat pizza once a week as well. It's always my joy. I have no interest in ice cream. I mean, that is not speaking to me. Yeah. But I don't want to give up pizza. And I, without like knowing exactly what the program would look and feel and be like, I just felt like I'm never going to be able to eat pizza again. This is going to be so restrictive. My social life is going to be impacted. This is going to be so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'll actually give you a shout out. If I had like one really key takeaway, Mm. the yummy mommy experience is like when you're deciding whether or not to eat something in the moment or down the line or whatever, it's really powerful. I think to think about like, it could be uncomfortable in this moment to choose not to eat this, or I could eat it and then be uncomfortable with the results that will inevitably follow or the way I'm going to feel about it or all the things that would follow from eating something that doesn't necessarily serve me. And I know it like either option is uncomfortable. I'd rather be uncomfortable. And now this is not a perfect thing. I know sometimes I intuitively know it and go against that, but there's like, it's so true. It's like you can be uncomfortable for 14 seconds in the (laughs) moment. It's like, literally you guys, when you think about it, it ends up being like between 14 and like 44 seconds that you have to be uncomfortable when you're talking to yourself, of course, from an allow power place about how this cupcake or whatever the pizza or whatever the thing is that you've decided ahead of time that you're not going to have from a place of what you want to create from a place of you wanting to lose weight for the last time. Do you want to be uncomfortable in the moment for 14 to 44 seconds? Or do you want to be uncomfortable five minutes after you eat the cupcake and then five hours after you eat the cupcake and then like five weeks after you eat the cupcake, right? Because it just keeps compounding. I love that. I mean, I talk about it all the time. It's like you get to decide which type of discomfort you want. Do you want the discomfort of moving forward and evolving yourself and losing weight for the last time and being free from food forever? Or do you want the discomfort of being like, no, thank you to the cupcake? Like you're stagnant when you're saying yes to the cupcake. You're just staying the same. You're just in that discomfort over and over. You're not getting anywhere. But at least when you do say no to the cupcake, you're getting somewhere. You're getting to your dream come true weight and whatever that represents. So you wish somebody had told you when you were deciding whether or not to sign up that you were still going to get to eat pizza. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's so good. Oh, I love it. I'm dead serious. I don't think one week has gone by since I did that. There may be two that I haven't eaten pizza and I still lost my 19 pounds. Yeah. You still lost 19 pounds eating. So what are you at? 131? Well, yeah, but I've been like, I've been like in a, like a 131 and changed like 134 ish, 135 ish. That's so awesome. Okay. So you totally crushed your first goal of 138 and then you set a new goal. Mm-hmm. And what was the new goal? New goal was 135. Okay. And so and now then, is now your goal just to honor your protocol and see where you bottom out? Yeah, basically. I still, I think my goal is to just get in the 120s as like the benchmark and then just being on my protocol. Yeah. I love it. It's a piece of just maintaining my weight, to be honest, which is why I was so good at maintaining 150. No. <laughs> Wait, what did you say about maintaining your weight? I'm good at like maintaining my weight. Oh, yeah. Like when I am like, just like where I'm like hoping to be. Cause like around, we'll say like the 4th of July and like some summer holidays, I was traveling quite a bit and just like had a lot of things. And I didn't put like a huge amount of pressure on myself to like be a hundred percent on my protocol. And we like, stayed at 138, which was the goal at that point in time. Exactly. So again, the freedom of knowing that you can still lose weight the whole time at any rate, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be one pound a week. It does not have to be any certain thing is good. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because, so you started at the beginning of April. Yeah. Okay. So you started at the beginning of April and then by the end of this year, you will have lost weight for the last time. Most likely you'll be in the 120s. I mean, you already lost weight for the last time, like twice <laughs> by throwing your two goals out of the water. And then you keep going. That's what happens so many times for so many of my clients is like, they just make follow my protocol, the goal, and then they just keep losing. And then that's when, because people always want to know, what is what do you mean when you say natural weight? Well, natural weight means when you are eating food for fuel, most of the time, it doesn't mean there's not room for the pizza. It just means you're eating food for what it's like. The purpose of food is for fuel and to nourish your body. And when you're doing that and you're not overeating, then you literally will just bottom out. So, so many clients do actually end up lower than their original goal or even their second goal. And they just keep going and then they kind of figure out where their sweet spot is. So it's so awesome. But my point is like, when you look at it, the way that you looked at it, which was so smart is like, Hey, I'm not in this huge rush to get past 138. Then you actually end up creating the goal that you want to create. It's like all of this diet drama of like, we got to lose the 30 pounds or the 20 pounds in like six weeks. Well, like whole 30. What a crock of shit. I know. Oh my God. I've never been a proponent of that. I just think that's so silly. Yeah. Well, it's just yo-yo culture. Again, it's another, it's just like another. Why do we lose five pounds just so that you could go hog wild on like the day before and the day it it ends? Yeah, exactly. I know a hundred percent. You want to just have a food day, just have a food day and then just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like I love how you're saying your son, you got to do all your travel in your summer and I teach like vacation protocols, right? So it's like after you are done, with the yummy mummy, you can create a vacation protocol and you can decide what you want to do that lets you enjoy what's going to be on vacation and maintain your result. Your shirt is wild. Oh my God. I know this is so wild. Wait, there's another whole, there's more. I know that's what's, that's what's so wild. It's like the cat got you or something. (laughs) Wait, hold on you guys. I'm wearing one of these cold shoulder. You can't see me obviously, but I'm wearing one of these like cold shoulder 
shirt and like called? i honestly went to get the mail runway's calling it or newly or where you're buying from now they're calling they call these shirts cold shoulder shirts <laughs> but it was so funny because i went to get the mail earlier today and i was like oh my my shoulders are so cold like they really do get cold just being exposed of it. but my hands are out there they're not cold well, they're also circulating blood differently. Oh, is that right? Well, they're moving and like they're doing things. Oh, they're, they're up and they're down. <laughs> and they're also half protected because of the other, the thumb hole. Oh my God. I know the shirt is really ridiculous. And the elbow are just like, no, like they're just, bicep holes. Out. just bicep holes. My kids are like poking me. They're like, they can't figure out what this shirt is about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Zoe, why were you hesitant to sign up for the yummy mummy? And I think a lot of people are hesitant. They're like, I don't know if this is worth it. Well, one, <laughs> even though I totally trust you, I was like, is this going to be awkward? Like with oh. Morris, like we know each other so well. Like I do think if history has told us that we are, can do a coach and coachy relationship. So I was like, felt mostly confident about that. Like Wait, it's more what history. What history? Well, like, I mean, I can like go to your yoga classes or like oh. there's others that I've asked for like coaching or I've been part of every single, you know, thing that you have done. I have been the guinea pig. So, like I try and always be serious as I can be with someone who has a cold shoulder shirt on. Um, she's like side texting on our calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, what are you wearing? That's such an aggressive sip of water. Yeah. Put on your lip gloss, all the things. Anyway, so I was just sort of nervous. Like, A, am I going to be able to take it super seriously? be like, I don't know. So some of that dialogue. And then I'm like, again, I think just hesitant about like, it is, there's so much noise around like any type of dieting and like, will things work? Will things not work? I don't know. There's just so much of that happening in the background that, and the unicorn, unicorn things that I feel like kind of, you know, seep in and let the doubt that you're, there's just so much, I think, doubt about it working. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is a big commitment. Like I am a social person. What is this going to mean? Like, which is actually a good segue into talking about drinking because at no point ever mm-hmm. in signing up for this program or ever in like the history of my life as someone who has on a desire to lose weight, have I ever given up drinking? <laughs> I am completely unwilling to do that. And I am here to tell you, anybody that's listening, you can drink and you can lose weight for the last time. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> it's the best news ever. I mean, there's no way I would have lost weight for it the last time either. And there's no way we'd be best friends. No, I'm just kidding. Right. We're drinking buddies. You cannot do the yummy mummy experience unless you drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing you guys. We have a lot of people that don't drink as well. So it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. But I do think that there is this myth out there that's like, because so many of the programs that exist are like, you have to give up drinking if you're going to, or they will be like, okay, you can drink two drinks a week. Like that's the allotment. And it's like, I don't want, I want to drink four or six. Well, I would never even bother with two drinks. What's the point? Well, that's just me. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, I had one glass of wine last night. Just one. What? I had one glass of wine last night, so I shouldn't say that. It just goes to show that like you can customize this to your life and your lifestyle, whether you drink, whether you don't drink, whether you like pizza, whether you don't like pizza, like you can customize it. So what I want to know, Zoe, is like 
you were bringing up the word diet. Did you feel like this was a diet? Did yeah. You feel like you're on a diet. Yeah. I did think it was going to be like a diet. I probably actually felt like it was diety for the first month. Mm. That is super common. A lot of people think it's maybe a month and a half even. I'm telling you, when I realized that (laughs) I didn't have to like lose weight by the end of the time I had signed up for and that I was in control and that I could still go to like, that I could still eat pizza and that I could still go to parties and enjoy myself and that I could eat cheese off of a cheese plate and not need a cracker to shuttle into my mouth. All those things. You're like, oh no, this is just like how I eat. Like people are like, oh, what are you? Marty's mom's like, oh, well, what have you been doing? Like, is something I could do? And I was like, well, theoretically you could do it. I mean, I'm not eating flour and sugar, but I'm here to tell you, I think you would probably need some other tools in your toolkit and some coaching Mm -hmm. in order to do it at home. Yeah. Because it's not about the thing that you do, right? Like I'm always like, do not go to a cocktail party or the Midwest and tell the mother-in-law that what you're doing is no sugar, no flour, because you're exactly right. That's not what you're doing. That is like literally 5% of what you're doing. What you're mainly doing is what, how would you describe it? Mm, Sort of not sort of, I mean, I'm just using now that there's like some muscle memory to the tools of like, Oh, I'm just, I don't, this does not serve me. I don't really need this. And like, there's a way to like, yeah, just allow this urge to pass. Or what are the consequences of not doing it? Like, how are you going to feel if you do have this? Or like, just that there's like some ingrained behavior that changes versus like the restriction of not having something. Cause like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to sit here and eat the ravioli we all just made. So I can look you in the eye and tell you I'm not just not eating flour. Like I am eating flour. Clearly I'm doing it right now. So like, it is a lot more than that in like terms of it not being diety or totally. It just becomes like a, a behavioral change. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's like all I could, I, you, you guys or like the yummy mummies could put literally anything on your protocol and take anything off your protocol in terms of what you wanted to eat and not eat. And it's like, nobody can follow anything without the behavior change, without the mindset work, without the emotional management. And it's like, I'll talk to like this nutritionist or this functional medicine, like practitioner. And they're like, I wish I could have like a mindset coach in my practice because no one will comply. Like no one will do what I tell them to do because (laughs) they don't have the mind tools. Yeah. It's more, yeah. Yeah. Because like I actually have changed some things. Like now I like am not being like really dogmatic about intermittent fasting just because that just doesn't serve me. Yeah. And that's okay. Well, exactly. But, but that is like the whole, that's like the bottom line. It's like you get to choose and then you yeah. get to like, look at the data. And then I can go back to that if I want. Yeah. I do get to look at the data. Yeah. Like right now I'm considering whether or not black bean soup is a little bit bloaty for me. I love it. Collect so, the data. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think the biggest difference is like Zoe before and then Zoe after, like, what do you think the biggest difference is before like take you from March, 2021 to like Zoe now in December, 2021. I mean, I would just, I guess energetically, I just feel a lot lighter and like a lot more in control of like a lot of 
other aspects of my life. So I feel I actually, this is kind of funny. I have recently started a new job as you obviously know. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like the first time that you go into your office and like how you're feeling about yourself and you're going to meet all these people. And like, Mm. I know for an absolute fact, the way that I was feeling in March, like feeling really heavy and bloated and like not good about myself just overall, like as shallow as that is, there was like a lot to be said about feeling comfortable in my own skin and like buying new clothes that I think like look good and just feeling generally lighter and like more positive and focused and like, i feel more like myself because I was just not mentally in a good spot. So like being able to like be in control, be focused, not having like all this other chatter that's happening and like self doubt and feeling terrible about myself and out of control. Some of that has quieted as a result of like the overall experience and the way that I feel about my own self and like certainly my ability to like do things like, yeah, like accomplish a goal. And I actually had to talk about this in like a lot of my job interviews, which I think I told you. Yeah. Tell the listeners Zoe, tell all the (laughs) listeners out there. We can't tell you where you work because this would be a cheat sheet to getting my job. But yeah, don't tell. It's a big secret. We will not tell where you work. (laughs) But a lot of like in the 10 interviews that I had, many of them, they asked me about like, tell me about a time that you had a goal that you wanted to achieve. How did you achieve it? I was forthcoming. I mean, who wants to talk about the fact that you had to lose weight because you were getting to be a little bit chunky and not feeling good about yourself. But I was like, I, like so many other people gained weight over this last year and I was not feeling good about myself. And I actually enlisted the help of like a weight loss coach who happens to be my best friend who coached me through it. And then I did achieve my goal. And I'm here to tell you that I would do that again. Basically, like sometimes you just can't do things all by yourself, even though it would be really awesome to think that you could do that, that you could just read the book. You're going to watch the webinar. You're going to take advice from your friend. Who's like, do keto, do whole 30. You're never going to feel better. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it obviously doesn't work. Like we need help. I don't know where we picked this up that we don't need help to achieve our goals or where we picked up that. Like, if we do ask for help, that means that we're weak or some bullshit. Totally. Which is funny because now at my job, like there's all these coaching things that you can do. And there's like, I have a mentor and like, it is a really collaborative environment where you really do need to feel comfortable Mm. asking for help. Yeah. Often. (laughs) So like, yeah, in order to achieve my work goals, I'm really going to have to be able to ask people for like the tools for my toolkit. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean, to be able to ask for help and to like, quote unquote, admit that like, we can't do it all alone. And we're not even supposed to do it all alone. I really think like, I mean, we are like tribe people. Like we are, humans are meant to like be connected and be collaborative and work together and grow together and learn from each other. And it's like somewhere along the way, like we think we get a badge of honor if we like do A, B, C, or D by ourselves. And it's just like the most inefficient way to do anything. Yeah. I also will say, just to go back to the original question of like how I feel, it's like really nice. You had talked about this, I think before, like I'm sure in like some plot, like posting just about like, like not feeling like you're like concerned about like how every picture will look like, 
I actually like, there's a lot of, this is so crazy because now we live in this like abundance of pictures culture where people are just taking pics all the time and you can look at them and you can edit them. And I'm not like somebody that edits my pictures, but like that feeling of like, fuck, I know I'm going to look fat in this. Like (laughs) I hate, I, I hated that. Like I had so many pictures of myself taken in a bathing suit this year. And I was like, I look fucking good. I like, love it. I like so good. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Well, there's just so much dread that happens yeah. when we're like living that way. And we're just like on edge. Oh my God. Am I like, oh, I better stand this way. Oh, how do I like manipulate totally. it? And it's just like so freeing. I mean, people will want to say, oh, that's like vain or superficial, but like, is it? Because is the way that you feel every day superficial or vain? Like this is the way you're going through your life. So if you feel confident, like you're saying, feel like feel confident and self-assured and whatever, like that is your whole life. Like that like translates into your whole entire life. Yeah. And you could say whatever you want, but like it's when you do feel good, there's like, again, so much other noise. It's like not happening. I can go back to the, still the same thing with the bathing suit pictures is like, we were doing a memorial for my mom on the beach and like, just the way that the day happened, I was still in my bathing suit. Mm. I would have really hated to spend a lot of time like adjusting my bathing suit or thinking about what people think about my weight and how I'm looking. And like, should I put on a cover up? Do I look fat? Like, I wonder if like, do I have fat like coming over me? Like I didn't have any of that, which was nice because instead I got to like see a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a while, celebrate my mom, have a nice day rather than all the other bullshit that you might be doing when you like decide that you're going to have a celebration for somebody on the beach in your bathing suit. I mean, we got to end at that. I mean, that's like literally bringing me to tears. That, that, okay. So if you guys thought we were being superficial and vain, there, right there is the deep work, right? It's so worth it to get over the struggle so that you can go celebrate your mom's life wholeheartedly and, and show up so present. Like what a bummer if you're, worried about whatever on the beach instead of being present. I was just eating pizza, shocker, on the beach, <laughs> drinking, rocking your bod, being in my bathing suit. Okay. Zoe, what advice do you want to tell somebody who's out there struggling with what you were struggling with back in March? Maybe wouldn't have even applied for the job. Didn't feel as confident, did feel a little like not as excited. What would you tell them? What would your advice be for them? I think that if you're considering it that intuitively what's happening is like, you really know that you should probably be doing it. Right. Like I had realized that I thought about doing the yummy mummy experience. What I was telling myself was you want to do it because you're thinking about it. You're interested. You're curious. Like, could this work that you should just bite the bullet and do it because somewhere in the recesses of your brain, you already know that this could work for you. Does that make sense? Like yeah, just do it. Is just do it basically. Yeah. Like we'll go back to what you told me 20 years ago. Just shut up and do it. <laughs> there we go. That's so good. Okay. Either you do it or you don't. If you want to do it, then just do it. I love it. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Zoe? Anything else you have to tell the people? It's a good investment in yourself. I don't think you would regret it. I don't think you're going to feel as uncomfortable as you think you feel everyone is obviously on their own journey. I think it's as easy or as hard as you want to make that, which could be said about anything. I think I decided like halfway through that, like, oh, I want this to be easy. I don't know why I'm really getting so angry about these things. Like this is so silly. 
everything's going fine. Nothing has gone wrong here. It's like a tagline. Yeah. I love that thought. Nothing has gone wrong here. Nothing has gone wrong here. And everybody will have some like discomfort. That's why I always say it's like the yummy mommy experience is like really easy sometimes and really uncomfortable sometimes. And like, it's like by design, because if it's not uncomfortable sometimes, then you don't end with the confidence. This is a hard thing to overcome for some, for, (laughs) 99% of us. And so, but if it, like, you kind of want it to be a little uncomfortable, a little hard, that's where the growth is. You don't become confident or self-assured or ready to rock the 10 job interviews. It's just easy the whole entire time. Seriously. You have to have a little hard and a little easy. And I like what you're saying though, too, is like, sometimes easy is a choice. Sometimes we're making it hard on ourselves and we don't have to. Yes. So I would say definitely, if you're thinking about doing it, just go ahead and do it. And just note, if you, if anyone that's listening and then signs up and wants to talk about like being able to drink and lose weight, I'm here for you. I'll tell you what you can't do. You cannot drink and you cannot drink and drunk eat. That's what you cannot do. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's totally possible not to do that. It's like people think, oh, if I drink, I have to drunk eat. They think, oh, if I talked about this on a podcast, they think, oh, if I um, drink, then I have no inhibitions or I have no self-control. That's just a thought. That's a lie that you're telling yourself. It's not true. Okay. I keep saying saying it's like, we got to end and this is the last, this is the last, but I was thinking it would be so fun if you told the yummy mummies something (laughs) like some, like if you aired my dirty laundry a little bit, or you told them like, (laughs) like you told them like a, something about me that they don't know that you think that they don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. Cause I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that, but I mean, if we're talking about a total transformation about in terms of like your own personal journey, I mean, I could out you like it's nobody's business. I've definitely seen you eat butter and pretend it was brie cheese. I have watched you eat cupcake sprinkles out of the world's most dirty sorority carpet. Wait, was, this is, you guys, hold on. This is before I lost weight for the last time. Let me just be clear. This is when I was reeling in my struggle. Yeah. Oh my God, this is so good. Zoe, tell us. Yes, we had Brian, my husband, you guys, on the podcast. And he talked about this. Like, what was it being like around Lauren when she was like in her craziness? So Zoe, that's exactly what you should tell them. Tell them more. So wait, I was, what was I doing with the sprinkles? First of all, you would just get wild-eyed. Like oh. any sort of like after a good day of like over restriction or like fitness day or like just a, the onset of like brie cheese, I would just watch like the whole like look of your face just change, but you still can get wild eyed, not necessarily over food. You just get excitable. But that was like, I would hate to have come th- between you and a, a piece of like a wheel of brie at a, like a, a party or something. And also at, in college, we were like laying on the Zeta floor oh. and like, ugh, that carpet is probably so disgusting. Oh my God. And you were literally eating cupcake sprinkles <laughs> out of the carpeting. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh my God. Yeah. Zoe's been with me. I forgot about that whole thing. Zoe's been with, what? Like melting laughing cow cheeses over meatballs in a, those little grubby green bowl, blue bowls. Ugh. Oh my God. I can't even, we probably have cancer from that. We definitely do. Oh my God. Lean cuisines. Oh God. Oof. You remember? I think you were even doing lean cuisines with me. For oh, a I was loving a lean cuisine. 
Oh my God. And then like, if it was, if I was being a little less restrictive, I'd like let myself have the macaroni and cheese lean cuisine, which was so disgusting. Oh my God. So gross. So So gross. gross. Oh my God. Did I do any other crazy shit? Like in my dieting days? Like, come on. Like I love to just see it through your eyes. I mean, just like, well, I remember when you did Atkins in college and you were just like literally dunking salami and cheese roll-ups and mayonnaise, like eating just gobs of mayonnaise. Gobs of mayonnaise. That's so funny. You definitely saw, like, I was just like the, the, I was the poster child for like over restriction creates over desire, which you literally cannot handle. And then overeating and then over restriction, over desire, overeating. Like I and Zoe saw it all. Which is also really wild to me, like to think back, like I did not grow up in a household like with any type of diet. I mean, my mom, like I was pretty heavy and my mom never said anything to me, neither did my dad or anyone that I really lived in my town. Like I didn't know anything about like any type of diets that people might go on. So like when I got to college and people were just eating like chicken breasts, like what the actual fuck? I was like, what is this? These people are psycho. Like, why are we eating? And then I like fell into it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I guess we're just going to, I guess this is what we do. I guess we just eat chicken, like dry chicken out of a can. Yeah. It was totally normal to eat this like disgusting Chick-fil-A chicken on top of a salad. And <sighs> then, but then what was so crazy is we were eating these chicken breasts with this disgusting fat-free dressing on these disgusting salads of like so iceberg good. lettuce. And then at least I was going crazy on the weekends and the week drinking all the things and then going to Sandy subs and eating like French fries with like cheese dip with like, of course oh, yeah. you do in college, but it was like, let me, restrain. I don't think I was even drunk eating back then, to be honest. It's not perfect, but I have always just been like more interested in like, Oh, I'd rather just have a bunch of drinks. <laughs> it's my superpower, as my friend put it. She's like, but also, once someone tells you that's your superpower, like anytime that like you're acting like you can like feel the inkling of like I'm gonna drunk eat, I'm like, no. Yeah, that's your superpower. That's like your identity now. Yeah, I don't. No. There's no need. Okay, this feels really complete. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on the pod. You guys, you better go to lauraconley.com and click work with me if you want to apply for the Yummy Mummy Experience. The Yummy Mummy Experience applications are going to open later today if you're listening when this podcast comes out on December 7th. And let's lose weight for the last time. All right. Have the best freaking day ever. Hey. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So 
Head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there. <laughs>